This is out of bounds. This is Out of Bounds, your place for the weird, wacky, wild, and everything else in the sports world. I'm John Alba. That's Mia O'Brien. What's cooking? Good looking. How are we doing tonight? Well, I'm trying to see if my Twitter DMs are loading. It doesn't look like they are. I promise you that. (laughs) Hmm, That's fun. Oh, my goodness. Uh, You want to get me fired up here? Yep, let's start with the toast, or should I say the anti-toast? Let's Uh, dive right into it, Johnny boy. We're not toasting, we're drinking. That's what we're doing right now, because Twitter sucks. Elon Musk has screwed this entire app up, and I would love to let the world know that we are live right now on Twitter, but I can't even do that properly. I was able to retweet it. It's there. I'm glad you're able to retweet it, because this man has broken this entire app that is conducive to my livelihood and to yours as well, and to many, 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 many others, including in sports. And it usually gives us some good stories as well. So we have a Twitter story on this week's edition of Out of Bounds on Know Your News, which is a special Wednesday edition here because you and I had a very busy week this past week where we were hanging out seeing Bruce Springsteen. It was great. Did you have a good time? I did have a good time, John. Did you have a good time, more importantly? I had a great time. You know I had a great time. Yes, I know. The videos seem to indicate and the, the Elon Twitter bots really didn't uh, appreciate yes. your, your very enthusiastic singing. We can't it's have anything nice in this place. We can't have any. Voice of songbird of our generation and they wouldn't yeah. let you just live. Did the boss live up to your expectations? He did, yes. And in talking to many of uh, my other contemporaries, uh, my day job at 1010XL, uh, he le- lived up to their expectations right. and they've seen him at least a dozen times. I know you've seen him a time or two. And so yeah. they felt it was one of the best performances they'd seen right. from him ever. So uh, I felt very honored that my my first show that I actually recognized I was seeing a Bruce Springsteen show was that one. There you go. Glad you lived up to it. Glad you were sprung from cages on Highway 9. A toast to not screwing up Twitter to enjoying good music and good people. RIP Tweet Deck, one of John's uh, foundational foundational tools in his in his twenties. Drinking. Mm. I'm also doing kombucha, by the way, because I am still detoxing from our wild weekend. We ate lots of tacos, bro. We ate a lot of tacos, and uh, you know who else is eating a lot of tacos? Because he loves Taco Tuesday. And also, he lives in the great state of California where there's a lot of tacos. That is one LeBron James who broke the all-time scoring mark in the National Basketball Association last night. Despite coming in the Lakers' 133-130 to loss, numbers are hard for me, to the Thunder on Tuesday night, he now sits with 38,388 points. Or excuse me, that's what Kareem had. LeBron has now passed it. John, let's cut right to the chase. Is LeBron the most dominant star we've seen with our own eyes? We can do the NBA, and then we can move beyond. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm saying even beyond the NBA. I'm I easily in the NBA, but I, I'm beyond, beyond the NBA. I, I, I really think that LeBron James is the most dominant athlete that I've seen with my two eyes. I think more so than Tiger. I think more so than Serena. I think... More than Michael Jordan, because Michael Jordan, and and this is not a matter of the greatest of all time, because I do think there's a different conversation between the most dominant and the greatest, because there are different elements that make you great, and there's one clear-cut element that makes you dominant. I mean, I think about guys who are 38 years old, Mia, in 
the back end of their careers in the NBA when they're checking off all these different milestones. And their output was nowhere near the output that LeBron James is doing right now. This was far from the only 30-plus point game performance he had this season. He looked better, better than Anthony Davis, who he's 10 years older than. He's a legitimate MVP candidate once again this season at 38 years old. The prophecy has been fulfilled. We are all witnesses. LeBron James is greatness exemplified. And yeah, I do think LeBron James is the most dominant athlete that I have seen with my two eyes. That includes Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt. They're all different circumstances, obviously, but I really do believe that. What say you? So let's start with the micro. You have LeBron over MJ. Everyone's favorite sports talk radio. In this conversation where we are talking about the most dominant athlete that I've seen in my lifetime. Again, whether he's the greatest basketball player or not, that I do think there's extensions that go beyond them because then you're talking about championships. Then you're talking about all that stuff. If we're talking strictly pure individual dominance in their sport. Yes. Okay. Um, I agree on the basis of, again, dominance. And I think of sheer athletic ability. Um, I think, and also not just athletic ability on the court, but I think also a natural talent off the court. I'm not talking about his acting necessarily, but I'm talking about his ability to market himself and to completely change the entire marketing of the national basketball association. You can't tell the story of the NBA the past 20 plus years without LeBron James. And I think that that is extremely, extremely valuable in this argument where I do say, Oh, MJ LeBron, I do believe, and this is no knock on LeBron. I do believe that MJ was not as naturally gifted as LeBron James is. I believe LeBron James was, you know, he wasn't made in a lab or in a test tube, but like he is as close as we are going to get to a perfect basketball player. Mm -hmm. Foundationally speaking, I do think Michael Jordan has way more of a chip on his shoulder to this day when he is in his fifties than LeBron James has ever had. Um, And while I do think LeBron James had a chip on his shoulder when he came back to Cleveland, you know, when he went down to Miami to prove that he could win a championship, I don't think it is anywhere near this weird intricacy that Michael Jordan has festering inside his soul. The only athlete I think we've seen on a basketball court that comes close to that with Michael Jordan is Kobe Bryant. And that's where Kobe Bryant enters that discussion of just sheer competitive nature. And even then I think Kobe was as naturally gift was more naturally gifted than Michael, perhaps. Perhaps. In terms of natural gift, I just believe that Michael Jordan's sheer will is something we'll never see before. But I also can simultaneously believe that the makeup of what makes LeBron James great has also never been seen before. Well, and also, you put this into the equation. By the way, guys, I want you to interact with us. KYNchat.com. Let us know because this is a highly debated topic. And I'd love to hear thoughts. Or you just leave those super chats right in the comments section on YouTube as well. There's this element. LeBron James was pegged as the chosen one coming out of high school. Mm -hmm. They said when the Cleveland Cavaliers take him with the first pick, he's going to be on the track to be maybe the greatest player of all time. And he lived up to the hype. Yep. Think about how many players are chosen first overall and never make an all-star game. Think about how many players. Across all sports too, not just in the National Basketball Association. Think about how many first overall picks maybe make an all-star game or two but never reach that Hall of Fame level. Think about how many number one picks reach the Hall of Fame level, but aren't in the conversation for the greatest ever. LeBron James is the first overall pick that cements himself firmly as a top two basketball player of all time. That's surreal. 
it right. is surreal. He is unquestionably the most dominant player that I've seen with my two eyes. I would say across any sport, more so than Brady, more so than Woods, more so than Serena. Uh, you throw them out there. I don't think anyone matches it. So Brady, Brady goes into the Michael Jordan pile for me. Because I don't believe he is as naturally gifted as other right. players that sure. are playing in the national. Exactly. So that's so we, you push him off there. If you want to talk goats, if you want to talk mm-hmm. greatest of all time, I do agree. The two of them are right there with LeBron, but they're in that sheer will and just sheer. I am literally doing every possible little thing that my body allows, and then some because I have it all between the ears. Um, not that LeBron doesn't, but I just think that the killer instinct of those two is something we haven't seen. It's different. Uh, I get that. Yeah, I exactly. Agree with that. So that's that. Tiger Woods is a phenom. He, in my opinion, is right there with. But what LeBron happened James. with what happened with Tiger Woods that didn't happen with LeBron? Right, the off the field description, and it, also his body broke down. His body, his body broke body down. Correct. His body correct. broke down. And listen, golf is an incredibly physically taxing sport, but it doesn't require the cardio. It doesn't require quite the same physical discipline that it takes to be an NBA player. Correct. Yeah, you know, we see. And also, and like to to LeBron's mother's credit, like Tiger Woods was pushed so hard at such a young age. I would have to think that that also played a factor in his body failing him, as did you know the you know off field distract you know distractions that he had going on as well. Whether you believe it or not, it most definitely played a factor in his body just slowly. You know, I don't want to say decomposing because it sounds awful and morbid, but like that's the fact of the matter is what is happening before our eyes with Tiger Woods, and he is only a few years older. Than LeBron James, yeah. No, I think I think th- so. Now let's take it to the macro level. Um, so th- there's t- the argument for Tiger. There's the argument for Tom Brady, Serena. This one was interesting. We were discussing this on uh, XL Primetime today. Um, I think Serena is right there, and I think that she is perhaps the one athlete that straddles both of that Michael Jordan, Brady, mm-hmm. LeBron naturally gifted athlete. She was line. very competitive to the very end. Correct, mm-hmm. and to and you could also throw Michael Phelps in there. To which my producer brought up a very fascinating point, and I know you're going to push back on it, but compared to the talent that LeBron has had to go against in his 20-plus years in the league, who was the most formidable opponent that Serena was competing No, I mean, you're absolutely right. Her sister, who then, unfortunately, because of injuries, her career tailed off rather quickly in the context of the sport. And so that's the only reason that, you know, you look at how Serena dominated for so long – and it was, you know, you also have to look at who else she was going against. No, I mean, I agree. And look, LeBron, I think what needs to really be stated is that LeBron's dominance came in the era of the superstar in the NBA. And that. And the three-point shot and the big man. He's straddling a lot of different uh, eras of basketball. And by big man, I'm not referring to Shaq. I mean, he was there when Shaq was there. So actually, he did kind of straddle Shaq a little bit. I was referring more to this recent era we've seen with Nikola Jokic and uh, Anthony Davis, even mm-hmm. to an extent, and some of these other big men that are – and Joel Embiid. Um, but then you also have the advent of the three-point shot being used as much as it widely is now, where teams are literally being built around the three-point shot. No, and I understand sure. that's where the argument with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar lies because he only made one three-pointer, and the three-point line really didn't exist. Um but at the same time, and then, of course, there's the argument of LeBron didn't go to college. So even if he did it in 150 less games, part of that was because he had a four-year head start. Right. Whatever. Think, his, yeah. He's just so dominant at 38 years old. He's so do- – and is his body breaking down? I mean, no. he has a little more reserve time than he has in years past. But, like, 
Well, so that's why, to that point, John, uh, when we were, it was our uh, Twitter poll question of the day before Twitter went to CRAP, um, what is the most impressive record to you? Brought to you by Beaver Toyota. Um, We had all-time home run record, NBA all-time scoring record, 18 golf majors, all-time rushing record. And we had a lot of people who replied on Twitter and said, for them, it's Cal Ripken and consecutive games played. And I tend to agree it should be up there with LeBron and the scoring record and what LeBron is specifically doing and that his body is not breaking down because to be able to have that longevity and for your body to not fail you, but then to also be competing at the highest level like LeBron is, like it's got to be any of those stats where just the sheer willpower, not just to be a competitor, but to like literally put your body on the line every night. Like that is impressive to me. It was a sight to behold. I mean, this dude got it done in the third quarter. He didn't even need a full game to eclipse 30 points. Just what he does. And and it's greatness exemplified. I hope everyone takes it in and enjoys it and recognizes that we are seeing something very special because guess what? People who were in attendance did not do that. This picture is amazing. It's a tremendous, tremendous picture that um, it, it captures so many different things. A, it captures the moment where LeBron is breaking the record, but look closely there. Every single person outside of, by my count, I can identify maybe five or six people, are they've got their phone up. They're watching the moment through a screen. This has created a lot of chatter. You can actually see Nike founder Phil Knight there uh, right under the, the uh, basket with the black blazer on and the white hair. He's watching it through his eyes. But all of these people are consuming this moment through a screen. And yeah, they'll be able to have a video of it with a bunch of other hands up in their way. But they didn't watch it with their eyes. These people paid hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to be there. Should fans take some heat for this, Mia? Or is it you buy a ticket, you consume things how you want to? You consume things how you want to, and this is the world we live in. Unfortunately, even in an age where, well, I guess now if Twitter goes to CRAP, maybe not. Um, but in an age where you can literally just Google and get that video, you, but that's you, exactly need, you need to prove you need to prove you took the video yourself and it's on your channel and that you were there for that moment. And there's something to be said because it is kind of like a souvenir that you can take away with you. But is it really worth experiencing a moment in and of itself? Like, I mean, we had this conversation at the Springsteen yeah. concert of, you know, there's I something feel very to be said. strongly about this. Right. There's something to be said about just appreciating the moment and having the memory of it as opposed to literally having tangible video evidence that you were there. Um, I think it was what was most interesting to me besides the Phil Knight just smiling and like enjoying the moment, which was great. Um I did enjoy that there was a, a journalist, I, I couldn't tell if it was a photographer or a writer, who wisely went and stood, like got off press row and stood behind Bronny and, um, uh, whatchamacallit, middle one, other James Child. What's the little one's name? Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Why am I blanking on his name? Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Sorry. It's, uh, it's Bronny and uh, Bryce. Bryce. So he stood, so this journalist stood behind Bronny and Bryce. And it was very fascinating capturing because then he captured their reactions Mm -hmm. and Bronny like stands up and is like cheering and going nuts. And Bryce, you could almost tell he was like a little nervous to be filming it. Like he was trying, you could tell that he, and I think like from what LeBron has said, he's the more sensitive of the two. He was trying to appreciate the moment 
And at the same time, everyone else has their phones out and their Instagram out. So I think he felt like morally and socially obligated. When in reality, you could tell he just really wanted to appreciate the moment. But I think well, that that's well, the society no, we listen, live in. I have, I have no problem if a journalist is kind of, that's a journalist is doing their job. That's no, part no, 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 of no, no, no. I wasn't. I wasn't. I, the journalist. I, I was just saying that, like, saying. you know. could tell that this 15 year old kid, mm-hmm. like, wanted to enjoy the moment but everyone else had their phone out so he felt like he had to have his phone and that's ridiculous it's stupid i i think that we get so caught up in these screens that i mean you are paying all this money remember how that looked through your eyes that's the core memory are you gonna really remember how something looked through your cell phone and also don't be a jabroni if you're holding your cell phone vertically you're missing the point in the first place No, 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 no. I believe it. Nope, I don't care. This is how this is how we consume media. That's not how the Instagram and the TikTok kids do it, John. And it's stupid stupid because we consume media horizontally, not vertically. You don't go to a movie theater and see something vertically. But anyway, that's another rant for another day. It is so mind-bogglingly sad that this is how so many people will have consumed this moment because it was great. And if you're at a concert, if you're at a sporting event. These things are being shown on television. You can go back and watch it. You can go on YouTube later and see it. Someone else will have captured it. Remember that moment as you saw it through your eyes. That's special. It's something that is going to stay with you for the rest of your life. And it is sad. I mean, just look at this. Come on now. Think about clout. They're chasing the clout. Think about how much those people towards the front paid to be there. Think about that. Come on now. Well, now his jersey's going for what three million or something like that from the game. Okay, great. Right, that's what's wild. I the money know. that was involved in this game, but yet, that's you know, memories are priceless. Insane greatness from LeBron, but things have not been great for this guy. Oh well, the funny part is the funny part is John. There were a lot of people speculating whether LeBron was vetoing. The trade that would send Kyrie Irving to Dallas from Brooklyn because maybe he wanted him to team up with him once more in Los Angeles. I kid. I kid. Kyrie Irving made his debut for the Mavericks. He's making it tonight. He's making it tonight. Mm -hmm. Sorry. He's making it tonight. I saw him at practice the last few days, finally. Um, That was after his disastrous Nets tenure came to an end and after the trade wasn't finalized for several days. That's why many wondered if Shadow Governor LeBron James was doing something. He was not, evidently. Um. John, Kyrie for us is someone that we grew up around growing up in New Jersey in the 2000s. Uh, He was a star at Montclair Kimberly before transferring to St. Pat's. He was a star at Duke even in the 10 games that he played. He went on to be one of those number one overall picks that we alluded to off the top of the show. And yet, is he really worth the headache of taking a shot on him after time and time again proving to be just that, a headache, and not actually a leader and a productive player on many a team? I used to have a lot of sympathy for Kyrie. I thought that Kyrie at one point was genuinely misunderstood and just kind of needed a little bit of guidance. I no longer am a subscriber to that. I think Kyrie Irving has time and time again proven that he is not to be trusted as a teammate, as a player, as a member of an organization. And uh, the fact that an organization like Dallas and Mark Cuban, who, by the way, is Jewish, Uh, was willing to take a risk on a guy like this. It's a somewhat damning indictment, in my opinion, on how we value talent over the myriad of other prevalent circumstances that say, hey, 
let's hold off a little bit here. I mean, in his first press conference, his first press availability in Dallas, he says he felt disrespected by the Nets. How about all the Jewish Nets fans that probably felt disrespected by all the ballyhoo of what happened a few months ago? Just a thought there. Or how about the fact that this man who felt so disrespected by the Brooklyn Nets voluntarily opted into his contract this past year. And why did he do that? Because no one else was going to pay him what the Brooklyn Nets were paying him. And now he forces this trade where his stock has never been lower as a player. I don't know what his end goal is here. I think that he's hoping that maybe he can win a championship with Luka in order to prove to people that I'm still worth taking a, a, a gander on, still worth going house money all in on. I don't think any of this is worth the headache, Mia. Yeah, um, couldn't agree more. What I find fascinating is that, you know, after the antics during the COVID pandemic, which, I mean, you're entitled to your opinion about vaccination, but you don't have to preach this doctrination that whatever Kyrie was doing, and then it only was furthered by his political opinions. Um, Quite frankly, though, John, we can go all the way back to when this man said the world was flat. Mm -hmm. That was almost a decade ago. We didn't wonder then that what is happening now might continue back then. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. Um, I mean, at this point in time, you know, you talked about those number one overall picks and, you know, the promised one and the chosen one. And Kyrie was up there. People thought Kyrie was the chosen one. And, you know, I think the city of Cleveland will forever thank him for his role in helping them get to the NBA finals and a championship. But at the same time, like, I mean, like what else is his legacy? It's kind of become, you know, in a weird twist of fate. And granted a lot of his off the field distractions were after his playing career. I mean, him and Kurt Schilling are kind of like right there together of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you should be in the hall of fame, but you did so much just absurd things off the field that that becomes your legacy. Mm -hmm. And and I think Kyrie Irving is treading in that territory. I really do believe he is. This is a man that convinced the Nets to go out there, go get Kevin Durant, and then to go out there and go get James Harden. And they built this entire big three around the idea of them playing together, all of them. And it fell apart because of Kyrie Irving's selfishness. That's exactly what it fell apart due to. He knew the rules, and instead of putting the team first, uh, he selfishly put himself first. And I'm all about player rights and genuinely i mean i have a track record of this i'm all about like sticking it to the man but this was entirely self-sabotage and the nets who said well we're not going to bend the rules for Kyrie," they still bended the rules for him and he had the audacity to go out there and trash them on the way out Uh, the nets went back on their principles for this guy multiple times and it wasn't worth it and i don't think it's worth it for any team to try and convince themselves that he is worth that headache because it creates issues in a locker room. It creates issues with chemistry on the court. Let's see how he and Luca play together because I could see there being issues with that too. For all intents and purposes, Luca has handled things pretty damn well his entire career. Mia, this just wasn't worth it to me. It just Quin- wasn't Coincidentally, worth it. John, I have a Celtics hat on. Uh, that is one franchise that said, yeah, we're not dealing with this guy anymore. Yeah. We're, getting, we're canning him. We ain't dealing with him. Uh, and with regards to the Brooklyn Nets, the formerly art, the artist formerly known as the New Jersey Nets, someone actually asked me today about 
um, why I had a Celtics hat on, like, aren't you a Nets fan? And I said, honestly, once they moved to Brooklyn and then they sold their soul, speaking of the Celtics, um, to get a bunch of aging stars who were literally in the last three to four years of their careers, um, that was when I kind of got turned off by the Nets and I really didn't follow them. And then, you know, they more or less history has repeated itself with the creation of an attempted big three with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden and Ben Simmons. If you but want this to, this one should him have worked. This one should have worked. And it yeah, didn't, a lot of people would have told you the other one should have worked too. Oh, no, even those were aging in- stars. These are stars in their prime. This should have worked and it didn't because of Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's selfishness then in turn led to all the James Harden crap falling apart there's no incentive for Harden to play hard and it led to this I'm I'm very sympathetic to players I really am I got none for Kyrie Irving none complete self self self-sabotage and uh, I don't think he'll win a championship again and I don't think he'll learn a big time contract again do you I think, think he's a one and done with the Mavs? You think he goes elsewhere after this season? I think watching his market will be incredibly interesting. Because what incentive does a team have to make a long-term commitment to this guy? But that I think goes for a lot of stars right now. I think there's going to be a lot of one and two-year deals, not but just not in the NBA. For the same but I think in the NFL Kyrie as Irving. well with more money coming down the pipeline. But not for the same reasons as Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that's. that's I mean, but also he's. Right, I mean, Kyrie's you also we haven't even player. talked about his injury history. But he has that's, a terrible injury history. He's awful right. in the playoffs. This is not a guy that is worth investing. I'm sorry, I, and I, I hate being negative and blunt like that, but it's just reality. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Send us a super chat via YouTube, via KYNChat.com. Let us know your thoughts. We can circle back to anything over the course of this show here on know your news but we are headed to the beach 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 oh wow look at that that was not the graphic i anticipated that you would throw up for this next topic john um this so is... tom brady retired yeah we're gonna this show is... we're gonna show some beach sand because uh he made the announcement sitting on the beach in tampa um again it's it's now it's groundhog day Mm-hmm. Well, the Groundhog Day is the day after Tom Brady retirement day. Because once again, on February 1st, he retired again mm-hmm. after seven Super Bowl titles with two teams. The sand from the spot he sat in is listed on eBay for $100,000. <laughs> um, John, number one, number one, how can we prove that this is the exact sand that Tom Brady's tushy was touching? And B, a hundred grand for some grains of sand. Thoughts? Well, I like Anakin Skywalker. Hate sand, but I. The, the, so the person who got the sand went to the exact spot, and they like held a picture of Brady in the spot, and like showed that they were standing in the exact spot. The fact that they were able to track down the exact spot cracks me up. As is, uh, this is this is insane. This is literally insane, but it just shows. I can't the... wait for him to unretire in October. Then what happens? Yeah, to right. The then, then the value of the sand just depreciates immediately. People, if you are paying a hundred thousand dollars for a vial of sand from a place that Tom Brady sat down on, you need to check your morals and perhaps check yourself into a facility because this. Or you're, or you're a Patriots fan that just still is holding out hope. It does. Oh my. And listen, I've seen Ted too. I know. I get it. They love it. But this is this is crazy. This yeah. is crazy. 
$100,000. Mia, what is the most you would pay for a vial of sand? $4? $5? No, I think I've paid like eight or nine for like fancy sand. What do you go to Hobby Lobby and, mm-hmm. and just pick yeah, up for a sand art project? Yeah, sand art. I used to love sand art when I was a little kid. I loved getting the like starter packs. And I think like the most that that ever topped out, it was like 20 bucks. Listen. But that's Tampa, like you got like eight vials in a box. The Tampa beaches are very nice. They are. And if you want to collect some of that sand for yourself, go for it. So let me ask this. Let's pivot a little bit, but let's stay with the goat. Um, where's Tom going to be living for the next year? He has said he is not going to Fox. He signed that futures contract to become a broadcaster for Fox, um, but he is deferring, if you may. He's taking a gap year. Mm-hmm. Where is he going to spend this gap year, John Alba? Uh, I would imagine he'll be going back and forth between Tampa and Los Angeles because Los Angeles is where Fox will be, and I'm sure that he'll be doing some probably almost like simulated games, kind of like spring training, you know, getting himself ready for it, get some practice and get some reps. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him show up on Fox at some point next year, not not necessarily calling a game, but being used promotionally, being used in the trenches and studio. I, I could see something like that happening. I mean, why would you want to leave Tampa if you're Tom Brady? It's no, see, I think that's where you're wrong. Where do you think I, he's going? When I watched that video last Wednesday, Tom Brady sounded like a broken man, an absolute broken man. I know you love talking about his divorce. I'm not saying he's going to go back to Giselle. What I'm saying is this is a man who, unlike Aaron Rodgers, who we'll get to here in a second, truly sounds like he's got to go on a pilgrimage. He's got to disconnect. He's got to go find his true self. That was the vibe that I got. And so whether, you know, there was part of me, that really believed he was going to go to the Las Vegas Raiders because he needed to go wander around in both the literal and metaphorical desert for a little while before he figured out what he ultimately wants to do. Um, He is now not going to the Raiders, I would assume. And so I I also wouldn't be surprised, though, as a 45-year-old divorcee going through a midlife crisis if he does move to Las Vegas or he moves into the mountains of Wyoming or something to find himself. Or he just moves across the street from Giselle in Miami and he just spends all his time with his kids and finds his self-centering. Yeah. And that's how he spends the gap. I year. think he's staying in Florida either way. I don't I don't really see him leaving there right now, but I I got the sand thing. The people do realize that like wind blows, right? And the sand is not the same sand from the same area. No, they don't, John. They? These are the same people that had their phone out when LeBron was going for the <laughs> scoring record, remember? It's but true. they don't realize you could just go on YouTube and watch the highlight. Right. It's not the same. Like, it's not the same, Sam, that this person is selling. This person is going to make $100,000 by bottling up some random sand. And, hey, kudos to them. They had the foresight to know that people would pay for this, and, and evidently they will. I I think Tom made the right decision here. I It's sad in a way that it didn't have this the proper fanfare that it should have because we had what happened last year happen. Uh, that is a little bittersweet for me because I do think Tom Brady deserved to have the proper amount of flowers upon retiring in due form. That I didn't turn it into a joke now every February 1st. Right. I'm uh, I'm a little sad. And and I know people are like, why are you showing sympathy for Tom Brady? He's got a great... No, I'm I am too. Sad. I hate I'm Tom Brady. Yep. I'm a little sad that his career ended the way that it did. Yep. I couldn't agree more, John. If it had ended last year, February 1, and, you know, the divorce happens down the line, and, 
you know, yeah, the Bucks only made it to the divisional round. They didn't make it to the ultimate goal of a Super Bowl again, back-to-back. But at least they looked functioning. This was not a functional football, like, offense at the least, if not a full fun- functional football team by year's end. And for him to go out on that, I think, quite frankly, he looked around and he saw what happened to the likes of Brett Favre and said, I can't be the next one that's just clinging on. And that's what I think. Let's bring this whole show full circle. I think that that's what's going to be so fascinating about Tom Brady's legacy. Because we saw Michael Jordan retire twice and come back. And part of that, the first time, was obviously... nobody remembers his Wizards run. Correct. No one remembers his Wizards run. But people who do recognize the reason he came back was because he couldn't walk away. He didn't have any other hobbies. He couldn't walk away. There's, I mean, you know, Wright Thompson did that tremendous profile of him at 50 years old. He was still saying he could play with Steph Curry. He could play in the modern, and he would train because he was so fixated on getting back to his playing weight at 50 years old. And I don't think Tom's going to be like that, but he definitely wouldn't have been if he had retired last year. I don't think at least. But now I wonder, like, what, what is this man going to do? I mean, on a, on a different level, we're seeing it before our eyes with Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski. Roy Williams maintains an office in Chapel Hill at the University of North Carolina. But Roy Williams has hobbies. He and his wife go to dinner every night. They went on a minor league baseball stadium tour. He goes to the games, but he sits with the fans. He plays golf every morning. He gardens with his wife. He has a life. Coach K does not have a life, and that's part of why he's forcing himself to stay away from Cameron Indoor. And that is where I'm so fascinated to see on which end of the spectrum Tom Brady lands. Well, I mean, he's going to be around games. He's going to be calling games every single week. So it's not like he's going to be uninvolved in the game. And look, but is he going to be secretly like, I just feel like Michael Jordan to to his credit, greatest of all time. If it's not LeBron, it's, it's Michael Jordan. But I feel like that man lives with so much anger. Like that is so deep rooted because he still thinks that he can play because he is just so again, instinct killer. And Tom Brady's probably a close second, and then Kobe Bryant. I mean, I get it. I'm sure Tom considered playing this year, but I, I think he also probably realized that it just wasn't worth it for him. It just wasn't worth What was the upside of him playing another year? There really wasn't any. He's not going to win a Super Bowl. And, and look, maybe he could have gone to the Niners and maybe won one. It's possible he could have. But does does Brady's legacy get enhanced all that much if he wins eight Super Bowls versus seven. Uh, you say, wow, that's amazing. But people are already looking at you as the greatest quarterback of all time. It's not – you've got nothing left to prove. Save your body. This sport is a gladiator sport. It tears you down limb for limb. And what we know what happens with brains. And What happens if Tom Brady plays one more year and in game three tears his ACL at 46 years old? Do we need to see that? Right. Well, he, I mean, we're seeing it with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods what? said, you know – I want to be able to go to my daughter's soccer games and I can't walk. Right. So again, for me, I think Brady recognized it was time. He'll be around the game a ton. I hope he's a great color guy. He's going to be replacing Greg Olson. Who's really, really good at what he does. So the expectations are going to be high, but that's a conversation best saved for a year from now here. You know what? Maybe Tom Brady needs John. It's four days in isolation. Darkness isolation that is very much what he could potentially need because aaron Rodgers says i need four days and four nights of isolation i say i need four days and four nights in like aruba 
Aaron Rodgers says, no, I'm going to go into the woods, no lights, and I'm going to meditate in darkness for four days to find clarity. He told that to Pat McAfee when Pat McAfee asked him about his future on his show. And he said that retirement's 100% a possibility. Maybe they'll seek a trade for the Green Bay Packers, or maybe he'll return. What kind of clarity do you expect Aaron Rodgers to find here, Mia? Excuse me. Um, I just hope that, you know, he f- has fun in the woods, in the darkness. I want to know man is where this darkness is. This I don't, man I, is I don't, and, and answer your question. I, I just, honestly, he's just a content king at this point. Like, I that's all it is. This is content. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, honestly, like, and it sucks because I do think he is going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. I truly believe that. Like, and maybe that's because my dad is a huge Aaron Rodgers stand. And so, like, we were taught as kids, like, if Aaron Rodgers is on TV, like, you're going to watch him. That's like, my dad, like, always likened him. Uh, sorry, you knew I was going to get an A-Rod reference in here. Like, he always said A-Rod had the purest uh, backswing, like, the purest stroke of any pl- baseball player when I was growing up. And he always said, fundamentally, Aaron Rodgers is, like, made in a lab in terms of release, in terms of sure. structure. Like, he is the pro, like, he is what you want in a quarterback. So now he's another player like Kyrie Irving, who's just torpedoing his yes. legacy. Not Not at the same degree that Kyrie has, but... There, there are similarities between them, and I do think that hurts his legacy. I do think it looks back like, see, if Aaron Rodgers were to say this and he had a pretty normal career to this point, we'd be like, oh, that's interesting. But now when we see something like this or we hear something like this, we roll our eyes because we're well, that's like. That's what we said to the Hawaii thing when he was running around Hawaii during the pandemic with the Woodland Nymph, Shane Lee Woodley, who I love, by the way. Um, but that she's like just frolicking in the woods with him and no shoes on and whatever. Um, and now he's, I think, maybe trying to win her back by being just as kooky. Um, this is what happens when you don't talk to your family. I don't know. Like That's that's my takeaway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I hope he finds clarity. Um, I think the clarity he's going to find is, well, I'm going to be getting $50 million from the Green Bay Packers if I come back again. So why not? My body is okay. I didn't play for three years off the top of my career. Let's do it. The darkness. I just want to know. So let's, so let's talk about the darkness because I have a lot of questions about well, the darkness, John. Well, Bane said that other people merely adopted the darkness, but he was born in it. So I guess Aaron Rodgers will Aaron Rodgers to... says he has friends that have done this. I want to know who these friends are. I would like references. Um, but also, we were Googling on my show on XL Primetime today, we were, or yesterday, we were Googling the darkness, like... Are there like places you can go? There are, four, there are four of them in the state of Florida, John. Um, but we were looking at them and they honestly looked more like outdoor like retreats than they did darkness. Um, it didn't look like what he's describing as this tiny little house in the woods. I guess because you're in Wisconsin and it's this time of year, you only get sunlight for like four hours a day anyways. Um, so what's the difference really? But yes. Um, also, I would like for Aaron Rodgers to invest in blackout curtains. Um, those who know me best who are watching yep, this know right that then. I am a Yep. That, yep. Same. And anyone who's been in my bedroom knows uh, blackout curtains are a way of life. Um, and so maybe he just needs that and that will provide, and then just sleep, which it's the off season. He should be sleeping and resting. He should anyway. be resting. He should be resting. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that I've pretty much had enough of as well. And I really did enjoy watching him play for Man, we've hit all, we've literally hit your trifecta. I, Elon Musk, Kyrie little, and Aaron Rodgers. I'm pissed off today. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, like my, I'm a little hot right now just because, this is like the example of people that just live in a bubble. 
They live in a bubble. It is their own world. And when the harsh forces of reality are thrust upon them, the only way they know how to respond to them is by showing us just how weird and strange they are. So, yeah, I have no sympathy for Aaron Rodgers, who needs this darkness retreat to find his clarity as to whether or not he wants to get that $50 million payout that you alluded to. I got no sympathy for this man. I'm not sending my thoughts and well wishes to him as he thrusts himself into the woods to try and have this Sailor Moon style uh, awakening where he's spinning in air in just this form of euphoria. Can you imagine if he starts levitating? That would be super cool if he like levitates. I think like he a thinks he's going to be. Like I think through. mentally he expects himself to be. Um, well, that would be neat. It should be studied for science. I'll ask you this since we're on the subject of um, breaking the establishment with Elon Musk. Um, what are our thoughts on the fact that Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show once a week and Green Bay media literally has to be waiting and watching said, which I love the Pat McAfee show, but they literally have to be waiting for him to go on there to actually hear from Aaron Rodgers himself. What does that say in this Again, age of player someone who lives in a bubble. Someone who lives in a bubble. That's what it is. Yeah, well, I mean, but you even see Draymond Green, who's like, well, with my podcast, that's how you're going to hear from me. Okay. I- I'm not going to do media lives in a bubble. Right. Well, so that's my question, John, <laughs> is like, I mean, the NFLPA has rules that require players to meet with media reporters through the facility during the season at least once a week. But, you know, it does beg the question of, you know, in terms of player empowerment and freedom and independency, like, you know, are we going to be seeing more of this? I mean, you have job requirements. Everyone has job requirements. And if you just choose to neglect them, you live in a bubble. That's it. It's as simple as that, Mia. It's you really know who not else lives in a bubble, John? Yeah, I know. You've been waiting for this one. Go ahead. Yeah! Jim Ursay. Speaking of content. Yes, folks. This is the tweet that the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, a functional, maybe semi-functional, 63-year-old, somewhat senile man, sent on Twitter yesterday. We said, comma, as an organization, the Colts, in case you didn't know, he owns the Colts, dot, dot, dot. There's an emoji there, too. The coaching search would be an open-minded and a thorough process, dot, 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 dot. And the final decision would be strictly based on, comma, no space, what is best for our franchise's success and best for our fans, comma, of Colts Nation. Football emoji, thumbs up, dot, dot. Final decision coming in days, not hours. Another football emoji. John, is this making a move all about Indy? How can this be appealing for any candidate? Apparently, there are three finalists. Um, two of them, or no, at least one of them, is coaching in the Super Bowls, uh, Shane Steichen. The offense coordinator for the Eagles is allegedly one of the finalists. Um, everyone in the state of Indiana is assuming that Jim Ursay is just going to hire Jeff Saturday, and it's probably going to be either this Saturday or in the second quarter of the Super Bowl on Sunday. Well, that's what are your uh, here, thoughts I'll, I'll bring on up the Indianapolis boy. Colts? I'll bring up your boy. Remember when A Rod said he was opting out of his contract with the Yankees in the middle of the World Series? Yes, that's they, right. They brought him on to the broadcast, and he's like, "I'm opting out, guys." And everyone's like, really? You're trying to steal the headlines from the World Series? So, yeah, it's a bad look. And you're right. It'll probably come either. But during- did that strategically. Jim Ursay, I just truly think that he is in a bubble. Well, I think. And he oh, yeah, loves he's Twitter. He's got to be calling I also think right Jim now. Ursay, Don't limit him to 2,400 tweets. I think Jim Ursay also probably does recognize that if he did drop news like this during the Super Bowl, everyone will be talking about it. And guess what? Then they're talking about it on the Super Bowl broadcast. So let's add some context. We're true. That's true. Very strategic. Let's add some context. Um, Chris Ballard, the GM, retained. 
Um, but he has said that the search for the next coach and the search for their next quarterback, although Matt Ryan is under contract, even though he also may be headed to have a TV career, uh, as we saw this postseason, it's going to be exhaustive. Uh, we have now seen, as many national outlets and local Indianapolis outlets have reported, the most exhausting search that we may have ever seen. We don't think the Colts are going to have a coach, some people say, until March, because they are literally interviewing anyone with a pulse. But apparently, according to several reports that I saw out of both Indianapolis and the NFL Network, uh, the prevailing notion is that while Ballard wants to interview every possible person, the reason he's doing that is because Jim Irsay wants to hire Jeff Saturday. And so he thinks he has to literally showcase him every other person with yes. a pulse, with a tie to the state of Indiana, in order for Jim Irsay yeah. to see the light. Has to go through the process and everything, too. I, I Listen, we said this from the start. Jeff Saturday was the guy that Jim Irsay wanted. He was the guy that he wanted from the start. And now all of this is just uh, pyro and ballyhoo, if you will, to try and, and listen – if he had just waited to the offseason and made an unconventional hire in Jeff Saturday, we'd say, well, that's a little weird, but you know what? Whatever. It's not the first time something like this has happened. It's With Jim Mersey in particular. It's, right. But it's because Jim Mersey had to step on his own toes in the middle of the season and create this, hey, everyone, look at us. What well, Look what we're doing situation. And he set up Jeff Saturday for failure that we're like sitting here rolling our eyes about it once again. So the only thing that would make this better, John is a backdoor cover where Jim Harbaugh becomes the head coach at the 11th hour. Yeah. That I don't see happening. But... I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be the only thing I would accept or cause like, honestly, these like other finalists, I mean, they've Lou Anaromo, um, the Bengals. No, what DC, would, what would be DC, the ultimate but... one would be if, if Josh McDaniels became the head coach after everything, that would be the ultimate yes. one. Who and apparently... Aaron Rodgers to Vegas. And apparently the only reason Josh McDaniels didn't ultimately take that Colts job, according to his wife, is that I guess Jim Irsay spent a strange amount of time in the restroom while he was visiting their house. <laughs> I and, agree. And I'm telling you. Know, but, I've only met the man once, but he's very strange. I would be well, afraid too. Yeah, I mean, I, this strikes me as something that he could very well drop either right before or even during Where's the Super Peyton? Bowl. Where's Peyton? I know Peyton's too busy hanging out in Denver and trying to claim them, but like... The Mang's got a good gig. He's got I know, but he, like, can he's he at least like sound company. off about why we haven't put Jim Irsay um, like, under some sort of surveillance here? I don't know. I don't know. Well, we were talking about you, you were talking about money and bets and everything. We got the Super Bowl coming up. Ooh, hit me with some prop bets, Johnny. So, well, well, before before we do the prop bets, because we'll, we'll do some good prop bets here. But before we do the prop bets, real quick, just give me your straight-up pick. I don't need analysis. I don't need anything from you. I'm Who's winning the, the game and what's the score? I'm picking the, the Chiefs because it's a legacy game for Patrick Mahomes, and I don't want to bet against him. I mean, so I don't disagree. I, what's What's the score? Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring than people anticipate because mm-hmm. I don't think Jalen Hurts is 100%. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is 100%. I've got like a, a 20, 26 to 13. Okay. Maybe I'm less not- than, maybe more like, maybe like more like 24 because I do like the Eagles defense a lot. I was going to go 23 17 with Kansas City winning as well. Yeah. Um, there, there are always good bets and prop bets that pop up during these games. They're always fun to take a look at. I think the one that everyone kind of loves to look at is the anthem, mm-hmm. which as that of right, Gatorade. which as of right now, the over under is one twenty four point five for the national anthem. 
And it's Chris Stapleton. Is Chris Stapleton your boy? I know nothing about Chris Stapleton aside from seeing him a couple times on YouTube. Um, what What do you think about that? Do you? One, they got one twenty four. It's one twenty four point five. I kind of want to take the under. You're taking the under. It rarely yeah. is the under, but you're going yeah. with the under here. I'm going with the under because I think he's gonna say, "Yeah, eh, you're right." Because like all the applause, but it's in Arizona. Well, yeah, but it's also country music, and country music is always slower. Yeah. That's true. And he <laughs> likes to accentuate his vocal cords. All right, you've convinced me. I'll go to the over. You're going the, you're going the over? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I just, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. No, I know. You're right, though. Um, the coin toss even has... Oh, oh you know, uh, I was going to say, you know the controversy there, John. No team that has won the coin toss has yep. won the Super Bowl since 2013. I am absolutely... Crazy. Whoever wins the coin toss is losing the game. Yep, okay. You're about that. I, I, I respect that. Uh, give me, give me a really strange prop bet here. Just yes. make, make one up arbitrarily here. Oh, you want an arbitrary one? I, mean, I don't care. Just give me, give me a strange one. Give me. Um, how many? Um, let's do how many shots of Patrick or not Patrick? How many shots of Jackson and Brittany Mahomes will there be? Uh, the yeah, line, one. I like the that. line is at two. That's good. I like that. I'm taking the under. I think Patrick Mahomes paid off the broadcast yeah. teams this also, year. I'll, I'll agree. I'll agree with that as well. Um, oh, how many? Wait, wait, how, many times, how many times does Patrick Mahomes senior play baseball get referenced? <laughs> that's I, I hope that's at least two times. Um, how many times will they mention that Andy Reid coached both franchises? Oh, that's a good one. I, I feel like that is. By the way, would you like the would you like the Gatorade color lines according to my yes, book? I would I would love the Gatorade color. Um, lines. right now, uh, plus one seventy five, yellow slash green slash lime, followed by oh. orange at two fifty. And then blue at two seventy. No Gatorade bath at four fifty. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. What are they going to shower him with? Cheeseburgers? I think Andy Reid would appreciate that. Oh, that's mean. Um, I know he loves cheese. Did you hear today? He gave his he gave his explanation. And on media day on Monday, he gave his explanation of his mac and cheese recipe and why he loves a good there, cheeseburger. There was. I love it. <laughs> He's a content king too, and he's also a genius. Some so. of these questions that are asked at media. Oh night. my god! Yeah, let's discuss. <laughs> I mean, well, what upset you more? The one about is this a must win or the one about well, that's, so that one, who would you allow, one, which player would you allow yeah. to date your daughter? So, so the must win one is a bit that's a gag. It's the same guy that asks it every single year in jest because obviously the Super Bowl is a must win game. Uh, but yeah, Nick Serrani got asked, like, which player would you let your daughter date? And his response was, Well, my daughter is five years old, so. <laughs> People are and then very... I love the other guy who staged a, a, an apology to Jalen Hurts. Mm. And Jalen Hurts was like, cool. Do you have a question? You know, we haven't seen, thankfully, I, I, I haven't seen on social media anyone that has, like, gotten a bad tattoo of, like, Kansas City Super Bowl 57 champions or Philadelphia 50 it's Super coming. Bowl. That hasn't happened yet in advance. So that brings us to our last topic here. It's a very important one, Mia O'Brien. What is the best Super Bowl Sunday snack food? Oof. Well, I will say this much, John. Um, historically speaking, throughout my childhood, uh, we went to our neighbors uh, down the street. Dip person. Yep, dips dips are great, but the Tuzzalos, um, Mr. Tuz, oh, I don't know if you know Michael Tuzzalo, my, one of my brother's best friends, um, Tuzzy, we call him. His dad makes my favorite chili on chili. the planet favorite chili on the planet he's got sausage ground beef bacon he's got 
everything under the sun in that thing. And that's actually what really got me hooked on chili and guacamole, quite frankly, was that Super Bowl party they threw every year. And you have to remember, too, that, you know, these are during my formative years when the Giants were winning Super Bowls in 2007 and 2012. And so um, even though I was at college already for that 2012 one, but the point still stands. Um, so, yeah, no, I, uh, I the chili for me, it's not like it has to be there. The dips are the priority. But I do. I will say that, like, when I think Super Bowl, I think of Mr. Peach chili. See, I, I think Super Bowl, I'm thinking wings all the way. It is totally wings all the way. Like, that is the Super Bowl food. You know what I'm excited about, John? This is the first Super Bowl that I haven't had to work in probably six or seven years. Yeah, it's very nice. It's great. Very excited about that. I'm thinking wings. One time, you know, you could go your traditional Buffalo wings, but one time, and it was the last time the Eagles were actually in the Super Bowl, I had a friend who ran a wing joint, and we ordered his Carolina Lightning wings, and they were the biggest hit on the planet, and it was a combination of a Carolina barbecue sauce and Buffalo sauce. And I have made this combination a million times ever since they are hot. They're tangy. They're absolutely exceptional. And you give me that. I'm all about that. I think wings are the, and bone in wings because boneless wings are chicken nuggets. Uh, They are the definitive Super Bowl snack Uh, ranch or blue cheese. Mio Brian ranch. I'm going ranch, too, and I know yeah. that's a pretty controversial one. When you've lived in the Midwest, there is no other answer. Carrots or celery? Uh, I do both. If I'm making you pick one, though. Celery. Celery. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep, cleanse the palate. Fascinating. Yep. You like eating water, huh? Yeah, also it's zero calories, and after all the other crap I'll have eaten, I'm going to need that. So, um, no, I really liked, we actually had someone uh, on our text line at 1010 submit. I really liked Excuse me, but the kombucha is coming up. Um, they submitted that they actually are going to be making, in honor of the Eagles and the Chiefs, they're going to be making Kansas City pulled pork sliders and then Philly cheesesteak egg rolls. I I love that. Like I was like, dang, we have to do that. I can so. I can get down with that. That's fair. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I really appreciated that one, and also well, I enjoy Philly cheesesteaks, so I was also here for it. Well, I'm thinking I'm going to do something very special for the Super Bowl. This are year. you going to do something with your air fryer? Not this. First no? Off, you love the air fryer. I love the air fryer. I'm more team sous vide than I am team air fryer. No, that's this right. Point. I forgot. But, but I got something very special because my 30th birthday was a couple weeks ago. And yes. a bunch of my friends pulled together because they know that all I do is watch grilling videos and cooking videos at 3 a.m. And they got me $700 worth of Japanese A5 Wagyu steaks. So I'm thinking on Super Bowl Sunday, I'm going to pull out my Japanese A5 Wagyu ribeye and I'm going to do that right. And it's that is a three four hundred dollar steak right there. And I'm thinking for the Super Bowl this year, that's how we're going to enjoy it. And yeah, that's me flexing a little bit, but I don't care because it was a gift. Where was this ribeye when you were here in Florida last uh, week? It takes two days to defrost and it just would have, you know. Okay. Again, a, a, an A5 Wagyu is the richest steak in the world. You can't one is not meant to be consumed by one person you have to you know split it up so i'm gonna do that and uh, it's gonna be great so i'm excited for that. So, i'm jealous yeah, i'm going with kansas city 23 17 you're going with kansas city as well yep uh make it 26 17 26 17 i expect a good game you're expecting a good game Mm-hmm. okay i hope so we need it yeah last year uh I'm trying to remember, like, what was the last Super Bowl that you last were like, year, dang, that year, was a good game? Last year got good at the end of the game. 
Yeah, it was good. And then the one the year before with the Chiefs and the Bucks was like that was the Bucks defense. Goal. No, no that was a good Super and then the one before that, the the um Chiefs and the 49ers was pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was pretty good. But like the last like there Super hasn't Bowl been an all time classic in a while. There's this, not. I would say 2017, 2018, the Eagles and the yeah. Patriots. That yeah. was probably the last great Super Bowl. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. This has been Out of Bounds on Know Your News, Mia. Anything you want to add here? Uh, no, uh, I hope everyone enjoys their Super Bowl and uh, happy Valentine's Day. We'll be back next Monday, I yes. think. I hope. We'll see. Yes, we'll be back on Monday and we'll make some love predictions for all of y'all. Because Lord knows my love life needs it. This is Out of Bounds. We'll see you next time. Roses are red. Violets are blue. I click the subscribe button. You really should, too. If you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now 